kitchen with me georgia simmons the founder of greedy vegan this is the podcast where we talk all things food plant-based food non-plant-based food and everything in between this podcast means so much to me and greedy vegan so if you like this episode please please like share and subscribe i hope you're hungry as there is a lot cooking in this conversation I am so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. This week I am joined by Georgia Hearn, who's also known on Instagram as Clean Jeej. Georgia is a chef, caterer, and basically a kitchen connoisseur. Usually my episodes are about 30 to 40 minutes long, but this is an hour and it could have definitely been longer as Georgia and I had so much to talk about. In this episode, we discuss the unspoken truth that a lot of girls would have gone through some sort of unhealthy relationship with food or obsession with being healthy at some point in their life. We also discuss the pressure to be healthy, which can actually lead you to having an unhealthy or unsustainable diet. And lastly, we talk about the power of education when it comes to knowing what you eat and where your food comes from. It was so fascinating hearing the behind the scenes of life as clean jeej from the catering side to also the inspiring story of cooking for children who have some sort of difficulty. It is fair to say that Georgia has definitely changed people's lives as well as her own from her incredible cooking and so if you aren't following her already I would definitely do so and I will tag her account on the Greedy Vegan feed. I really hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I loved recording it. So without further ado, let's start the episode. So today I'm here with Georgia. So Georgia, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. So to start off with, I've got some quick fire questions. Amazing. So don't think about the answers, just literally say what comes into your mind. Okay. So pizza or pasta? Pasta. Sweet or savoury? Sweet. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Overloaded salad. Cook in or eat out? Eat out. Rice or noodles? Mm, rice. And your go-to delivery? Oka, sushi. Good one. So yeah. these answers have been so different to everyone else's and I'm so pleased because <laughs> I would also say pasta and no one else has said pasta and I would also say overloaded salad. Yeah, always pasta and also overloaded salad, that can mean so much. Oh my God, that, that doesn't just mean like leaves. That means like it's yeah. all on there. Anything you want on the salad, yeah, basically. Yeah, 100%. Also like probably end up with a burger pretty much on the salad. Yeah, no. literally. I, I don't ever liked burgers. Neither, so neither, neither. It's not my kind of thing. Yeah, it's. I think it's like a bit too much. I don't like the messiness of it i don't like eating with my hands yeah i don't mind eating with my hands but it's like things falling i kind of you've always had that like vision of like juices running down your hands yeah 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 and for me minced meat has to be kind of like really caramelized and crisp up not kind mm. of like soggy yeah and, yeah um, i agree i agree no i'm with you on the on the overloaded salad definitely mm-hmm. and okra is very good sushi <gasps> oh, 
it's so good yeah it's so good um yeah if anyone hasn't been there's one on king's road mm. kingly court i think in yes central there's a couple um salmon bites are a must the mm. seaweed salad with the marinated tofu and oh gosh what else all the dragon rolls the spider rolls and so the marmite good. chicken the marmite oh my chicken. god marmite chicken wow <gasps> the marmite chicken yeah it's that like a very so much good. sunday night kind of food mm. as an delivery that is amazing i've actually got a really funny story about oka i ordered it and it came twice <laughs> so i had like loads of sushi and i thought i'm gonna go give some to the homeless because i've got so much sushi amazing. left over i like packaged it up went out to deliver it and no homeless person wanted it oh. they said no they said no i put in chopsticks i put in the wasabi i put in the whole thing oh. and they were like no thanks they're missing out and i was like if i came here with mcdonald's you'd be like yes yeah. please well how sad is that i know so i literally left it outside someone who was sleeping on the floor i just thought i'd just leave it outside i like, hope they eat it i know i wish i'd know where you'd left it i, I know love an <laughs> i know i love it so good okay so i had a little look on your website mm-hmm. and i read a bit about you and i heard that before now you used to have a really unhealthy diet or what you would consider an unhealthy diet so what was that and why have you changed okay so I feel like as a teenager I feel like girls have a really I feel like I'm talking most women I think have a slightly warped diet with like in general and a warped attitude towards food I think Mm -hmm. we're like really conditioned for the fact that like we have bad foods and good foods and that like we've got to be slim and like everyone has different body types and I think it can really kind of like impact the way that like we live our lives and it's really hard to find moderation so we go from like one extreme to the other extreme Mm. and yes as a teenager I feel like one week I would be like completely gorging like drinking partying eating just like to sort of stay alive with but like hangover food you know Mm -hmm. or the next week I'd be like completely health conscious I mean we used to drink these like milkshakes at school which were the like slim fast the slim fast milkshakes and like weird things like ice star I mean honestly when we were teenagers I mean I feel like I speak for pretty much all girls that you have just like a very odd diet with food yeah um so yeah as I say it was one minute really unhealthy kind of eating whatever was inside and just kind of eating for a hangover and then the next minute I'd be eating or drinking even these like disgusting milkshakes because I wanted to be slim um so yeah and I kind of think I've always loved food like food's been a big thing in my family um like my all the women in my life are really good cooks so there's Mm. always been like home cooked food but you know as you get older and as you're a teenager you're sort of eating out you're not Mm. eating at home as much we used to spend a lot of time outside the McDonald's on the King's Road yeah (laughs) that was like (laughs) our kind of like stomping ground yeah and just eating like chips and chicken nuggets and chicken sandwiches and McFlurries and yeah like coca-colas and lemonades and just like quite fast foodie which is so funny because I don't think I've now eaten I had actually I had fried chicken the other day from somewhere that wasn't like kind of if I'm having fried chicken I want it from somewhere good yeah yeah, and for the first time I had someone from GBK and even that for me felt just not good yeah. and I was like I don't feel I'll, I haven't had this feeling in years that feel a bit of, guilty and you got you, you feel, feel guilty and also I'm a big believer in eat anything you want but just eat it good like in good mm. quality and eat it well like if I'm gonna have I mean as I say I don't eat burgers but if I was gonna eat a burger I'd be eating like some I want the patty from the butcher mm-hmm. I want the buns to be really delicious brioche ones that are fresh I mm-hmm. want to be making the relishes to go inside or buying like the best quality products because yeah to be honest like 
a, you know like a crappy version of a burger like it's not nice it's no just, you're not enjoying it you're just sort of like filling a void yeah exactly yeah. exactly so then you had this relationship with food where it was like up and down like a yo-yo like yeah. you're in you're out you're all over the place and then what happened for you to change like what just like, was it one day you were like no I'm gonna stop this or what happened so when I was 20 I actually went through like a bit of a transformational period where I sort of had been a bit like out of control as a teenager kind of partied quite a lot and when I was 20 I decided to get sober so I stopped drinking um and I went off actually to a rehab got sober and I came back to London to live with my parents and the one thing I had control over at the time was food like my life felt really out of control I'd stopped drinking I wasn't really able to see my friends because I needed a certain amount of sobriety to be able to feel like I was comfortable to do so and I became really really obsessed with healthy eating and Mm. to the point I look back now and I actually can feel like it was like practically an eating disorder like I remember I used to like I could only have my soup for lunch and like going out for lunch or supper with friends was like a really daunting experience because I wouldn't be able to control what I was going to be able to eat Mm. and it was just really restrictive um and I just yeah I just remember being like actually obsessed with being healthy which actually now is a thing you know we now have coined the term orthorexia which is Mm. the obsession obviously with being healthy and like over exercising and I wouldn't say I was like you know having gone through like addiction issues like it wasn't it wasn't anything that ever got as serious as what I'd been through in the past but what happened was I then went and studied with the Institute of Integrative Nutrition because I was really interested in it and I realized as I was studying with them how actually unhealthy my obsession with healthy food Mm. was so I started to understand more that like eating healthy wasn't necessarily about just like not eating a lot or only eating like broth it was more about like you know eating really good wholesome like carbohydrates as well and you know lots of vegetables and just like good quality products and really an emphasis on like when I do eat meat it needs to be from the butcher like eating fish that's sustainably you know core or also like not eating too much of either and yeah I think so I've been through a real journey of being like really unhealthy to being like very restrictive to feeling now. And I feel like for the last five years as well, like I've just had such an attitude to food where it's like, I will eat anything and try anything as long as I know where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, seasonality, that's a big thing. But yeah, just, yeah. so yeah, like I definitely feel like you kind of go through your own journey with getting to healthy eating. And I think yeah. a lot of my girlfriends are still stuck in that like, you know, we've got to be, you know, doing the keto diet or and then the next time they're just eating, you know, next week they're just eating anything they want. And actually it's learning moderation and quality products, like using eating quality produce, I mm, think. Definitely. I think being so healthy can become an unhealthy obsession mm-hmm. that you're actually not healthy anymore. Totally. It can just go the other way. Yeah. And I think that you become so obsessed and you're eating the same thing all the time that then if you go to eat something different that will completely like throw your body off off like track and like your mind and it definitely influences everything so I think that is so true and a lot of people I think will relate to that for sure yeah and I think also I mean I speak for women here because I can't speak for men but as in I've really noticed like women we are we will never accept like compliments about our bodies and we always feel like we have to say we're looking fat like how Mm. how, it's very rare that you hear a girlfriend be like oh I'm feeling like in really good shape at the moment you know that doesn't really happen so we're always like we've been conditioned to always feel like our bodies aren't good enough yeah and in turn like I feel like we either like love food or we resent food Mm -hmm. um and it's just finding a happy balance and realizing that yes as much as food is there to be enjoyed it's also fuel and it's finding a balance between loving food and using it as 
fuel without mm. making it boring definitely so did you find that the answer to that was the education side from the nutrition course totally I mean so the thing with IIN is it's all about holistic health training so the idea that you know we're not trying to cure an issue but we're trying to prevent it mm-hmm. and that food isn't you know health isn't just about what you eat it's also about like what they call your primary food so exercise relationships your career um, and how all of those things impact your health in the long run so yeah. for example it's all very well that you eat really healthy but if you can't go out for dinner with your boyfriend because you can't eat the same food as him and you only want to eat the salad with no dressing that you make at home that's impacting a different area of your life yeah. that in turn impacts your overall health yeah and I think once you start thinking it in that way and realizing that like it's not just about food it's about how you know all these other areas in your life health becomes so much more of a sort of I don't think of a good word to use here, but it's become so much more all-encompassing and you put less focus mm. on like feeling guilty when you are eating things you don't feel like you should. Mm. Absolutely. Like I think people underestimate the power of food, which is why I kind of wanted to do this podcast because everyone has such a journey with it and mm-hmm. food is really the center of everything. Like yeah. it fuels your body, mentally keeps you strong, physically it keeps you strong, it affects your relationships, it affects your social life, mm-hmm. it affects everything. And I think everyone has their own um opinions viewpoints um because everyone eats so everyone's got their own yeah totally. journey with it but it is really really interesting yeah and i think education is a huge part of that like everyone might think they know what they're eating or think they might know what they're doing but actually if you research it you probably are going to learn so much more about yourself about food um so yeah no that is so so interesting education i feel like is the biggest biggest issue we have almost in this country mm. like the education system like what we're taught in schools is like, I mean, how many things do you use still from school? Like all the like compasses. Like when was the last time I used the compass? I but know. Why did no one teach me how to like about really good quality food and like mm. teach me how to cook basic food, even just yeah. like basic healthy food? Um, you know, why did no one teach me how to like do a tax return as well? I know. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. And I think it goes back to school foods as well. Mm, like yeah. they don't educate you and they don't probably give the right things. Well, like all costs they're trying to like, you know and yeah. there's no doubt that unhealthy food is cheaper definitely and I think that's a, another issue as as we said we were talking before just about like you know healthy food we're in a bit of a bubble in London and I think it's really mm. difficult to understand that a lot of people like and in London as well but outside London like they're living on like very um like low budgets and mm. being able to feed their children healthy food is difficult because you know as I said that all the like unhealthy food is what's cheaper yeah so I think there's a real we need to have a drive towards making healthier foods more available and perhaps, you know, getting that into the freezer section. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, like you said, availability is so key. People just run to the shop, grab what they can. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not going to be the best. Yeah. But it's just because it's not available. And you said, obviously, you obviously had a massive shift in your eating. And a lot of people try and have these shifts, but then can't sustain it. So what would be your advice to like sustaining a healthy diet or sustaining a balance? What would be your advice for that? So as I say, moderation, which again is a word that I think we get sort of shoved at us quite a lot on Instagram. Like you've got to live live in moderation, but it is is the key. And I think also I'm quite aware and I speak, I guess, for both of us here that we're both quite lucky to be quite slim girls. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm not yet anyway. I've always been quite lucky at being able to kind of eat what I want. Mm -hmm. And I do exercise quite a lot, mainly for my mental health more than anything. Mm -hmm. But I'm aware that like for some people it is, it is a lot harder to keep weight off. Mm. And so me sitting here and being like enjoying life you know having things in small portions and stuff like that it's much easier said than done definitely for some people but I think 
cooking was such a big part of it for me mm. and I always really love cooking and for me it's such a like it feels like meditation mm. um, particularly baking like baking for me is like a time where like I'm having to follow a recipe where you know you really have to follow the ingredients list yeah. and it means that I can't really think of anything else because I'm worried about like my cake not rising and, yeah you know um so I think that was a massive part of it and I just I'm a bit of a people pleaser so I like yeah I love nothing more that the fact that like I get to do a job every day that comes with so much appreciation mm. which is probably like a massive downfall of my character but no but I'd in, be the same you know it's... no there's nothing better than someone cooking for you and so to be able to do that for a job it just like keeps it alive that love definitely and seeing people's faces light up when they're eating the food mm-hmm. that you've cooked yeah and hours preparing yeah planning and everything it's so so nice totally. and I think like so much of our childhood memories always revolve around food mm. like you know like you can and you can describe that that meal you had on holiday with your family when you were seven, which was the best, you know, food you've ever yeah. had so well. And I think, yeah, to be able to give people like those memories and experience and really see how it makes them happy is a way of that it's really just kept a love of like health and yeah. food and moderation all of it encompassed together yeah yeah it's just stayed alive really no definitely and I just want to go back to something you said just then about mental health mm-hmm. what do you think the link is between food uh exercise and mental and physical health because that is like yeah I'm the same food for me is definitely a form of meditation cooking is a stress reliever yeah but like yeah tell me about your link between um food and mental health and physical health yeah so I'd be honest if I didn't say there are times where I'm working out because I'm conscious of gaining weight like Mm -hmm. as I say like I've been lucky enough not to really do that but I'd be lying if I said like it wasn't solely like sometimes because I work with food a lot and I don't always cook healthy food you know I'm cooking Mm. for other people um and I have to try things like there are times when I'm like if I'm not exercising it makes me become slightly more judgmental of my own body so there is definitely a portion of why I exercise is very much to do with just like it's something I need to do to feel less guilty even Mm. if you know it's just important for me yeah but I yeah I mean exercise exercise really changed my life like I never I never was that keen on sports at school um I mean, I'm pretty like in the last couple of years at school, I used to manage to convince teachers to let me like run around the school for us and basically just like smoke the whole way yeah. without having to do like the other sports that everyone else was doing. Yeah. And then when I stopped drinking and I got really into a slight, as I said, again, like slightly over exercising, probably now I'm, I'm actually about to train to be a Pilates teacher. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah, That's so really exciting. exciting. Um, and yeah, I sort of again not too often like I try and work out at least three times a week yeah I walk 15 to 20,000 steps a day amazing um you know it's not about for me it's not about being able to lift the highest weights or you know I've for example I'm not a natural runner like I've never really enjoyed it um in which case that's fine I found other things I really enjoy Pilates I really enjoy doing weight training Mm. um yeah I think it's it's so linked isn't it like you know for me as I say for me to be able to enjoy good food I need to be working out as well yeah 100%. and also just like yeah I'm such a better person yeah your I mind work. feels clearer um totally yeah and I think if you food is there to be enjoyed and if that means working out three times a week in order to enjoy it then that's yeah. just so that's perfect and also just walking like mm. the like I walk my 45 minutes to work and 45 minutes back my job my job is quite active anyway you know I have to walk to the shops I'm on my feet because I'm cooking Mm -hmm. and just being able to like plug into a podcast and walk to work every morning like so nice it changes your day like rather than getting on the tube being like pushed up against the window with a bunch of people um like you know just 
even if it takes your commute 15 minutes longer like I really really recommend anyone if they can to just mm, walk like, yeah no I agree and it burns calories yeah and not that it's all about burning calories but like no, you know if you are feeling like you don't have time in your week to you know go out and go on a running machine or like yeah. go to a class like just walk yeah and it's so good for you mm-hmm. like it's not going to be horrible on your you know your muscles or your no. knees. it's so good for you like walking is so underrated definitely yeah. so at the moment obviously you're catering so talk mm-hmm. about that like I'm so interested in like the behind the scenes like how does it work what do you do like talk about your job in terms of the catering side yeah okay so uh yeah so I've got my own catering company um which really kind of kicked off about three years ago um a lot of that's obviously been COVID affected mm-hmm. um I've been really really lucky um to have some amazing clients who've been really good at word and mouth and so I'm in a position now where I'm not having to sort of rely on agencies which is really great as well and people now come to me for my food rather than mm. kind of you know the old school like lemon pasta and a beef wellington for their yeah. supper you know which is great because it's a bit boring and yeah. I really like being able to cook with loads of like fresh produce yeah um, so yeah it's um it's go it's doing really well I mean it's it's hard work yeah like it's it's sort of like I think people think oh you're a cook like oh what is there to that yeah um, but you know it's, it's 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 physically and mentally exhausting definitely um it's but it's great I'm a creative person and I'm much better being able to like create and meet things and I just mm. love being able to cook so I feel like every day when I'm doing my job like I really love what I'm doing and don't get me wrong when I'm like you know like got chocolate all over my face and I've just like <laughs> dropped a boss like a, a carton of yogurt down the stairs and I'm tired and I've been cooking for eight hours like there are times where I'm like why am I doing oh, this why am I doing this <laughs> maybe I should have just gone and got a city job not yeah. that I was ever bright enough to do that <laughs> um but no and I mean I'm trying to think of some sort of details to give you I mean there's a lot of like menu planning talking to clients I love being client facing yeah absolutely I'm um, building relationships with mm-hmm. some amazing clients I get to travel a little bit um in the summer again I've been really sport to only ever work with really lovely families um so yeah the catering I don't really know where I'm going with it um I'm quite (laughs) I'm quite often I like flip between ideas and I get very overexcited I mean recently I thought about opening a deli um now I'm on to something else (laughs) yeah but um yeah I mean I really a lot of the food I cook as well like it's not it's not hard food to cook it's just like it's good quality it's tasty food and I really want to be able to like share those recipes with people and it's all about presentation and definitely teaching yeah. people how to pre- prepare things ahead of time yeah. storing um and yeah catering a lot of catering is like a lot of pre-cooking that's yeah so I was gonna say about the process so do you obviously a client comes to you with a with an idea or an event do you then have like a face-to-face call or a meeting with them and do you combine ideas or do they tell you what they want or how does it work and then what's the preparation for that totally so quite often what happen I will get an email or I'll get a message on Instagram a lot of my work comes through Instagram now amazing they'll be you say you know um I'm looking to host say a 50 man lunch in June um with a wedding for example Mm -hmm. um it might be in and out of London quite often if it's out of London I'll stay um and they'll be like quite often not they have an idea of what food they want so is it going to be buffets it going to be a sit down and so they'll come to me with those details I'll then give them a call 
can kind of discuss with them uh, what the event is, if they have any ideas on what kind of things they'd like to see on the menu. Ottolenghi vibe, as they all say now. Yeah, yeah. I imagine being Ottolenghi that your surname is now coined as a like adjective. It's, it's so a, cool. It's so cool. Um, anyway, so, and then I will go away once I've spoken to them and come back with various menu suggestions, which I will then send to them on an email and they can then get back to me. Um, it's then a case of, kind of writing out all the ingredients working out the quantities Mm -hmm. and then I do my ordering I have a butcher in Fulham called Dickinson's I use a lot there's also Jago's in Chelsea which is great Mm -hmm. I use an app called Food Chain which um, is amazing and I I might be totally wrong but it definitely it's always been available for chefs to use in restaurants but I think they might have opened it up to the general public over lockdown anyway Food Chain has all these suppliers on it including fruit and veg dairy fish you know fishmongers and you can just order directly from the suppliers at wholesale price obviously it's much wow and it's just much better quality so i use fne fruits to get all my fruit and vegetables um yeah it's a really great app anyone out there it's really worth having a look and mm. you can get all the sort of micro herbs and stuff that oh, make amazing. all a bit more shishi yeah i'll then have the veg and i also use avocado for you know yeah. the easier stuff um yeah. fishmongers i'm trying to think of a good one but yeah, there's a lot on there. It's worth mm. checking them out. And then it will all be delivered to me. And quite often there's a lot of pre-cooking that goes ahead the day before. Um, I try and make it so that I can be there as little time as possible, not just for me, but for the client. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people, you're using their kitchen. And I think that there's a certain amount of like, people have a lot of pride over their houses. And I think sometimes yeah. they kind of, not worry, but they get a bit kind of like frantic when you're mm. cooking in their kitchen. Yeah, so yeah. to be able to like minimize the amount of time and mess essentially you're yeah. making there. And also it's not your kitchen. So you're like, you're yeah. a bit like, where, where is this? Where is that? Like, exactly. Like well, I bring around. everything. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. But Amazing. like, there's no point me dragging my magic mix. So if I need no. to use that, I'm going to use it before I come. Yeah. And then it's a case of any, I also obviously hire a lot of like people as well to come and help me on events, which is great. I haven't been out. I was going to ask that. Like, yeah. Do you go on your own or do you have some help? So- so I basically say anything over like 10, it's good to have a helper. Yeah, And anything definitely. over 10, every 10, an extra person. Okay. Um, which is great. You know, like it's been good to be able to, you know, pay some like girls who are at uni or guys yeah. that are like looking to make a bit of extra cash. And I always post that on my Instagram, on my stories. And it's a kind of first come first up basis. Um, it's a lot of washing up. I can imagine that <laughs> is probably the worst part as well. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so what is your worst moment that you've had on a catering job? Gosh, um, I'm trying to think. There's been a few. So I'd be lying if I say there had been a couple of clients that were a bit tricky over the time. Okay, yeah. Had a few. No, I've only had one. One client. Okay. I'm going to go two into it. It's a bit difficult. Yeah, a bit of clicking. and. Oh, God. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So, yeah. But as I say, I've been so lucky with my clients. Mm. And then, um, but the biggest probably one is things like, gosh, when things just, you take them out of the oven and they're not what they're meant to be and you've just got to act on the spot. Yeah. And that's a real that's an experience thing yeah because when I first started I hadn't got the fetus idea whereas now I like the more you do it the more you think okay I how can I rectify this mm-hmm. um and I think I remember when I did my first ever cooking job I went and did a shoot weekend for a woman who's really lovely and she was so kind and really looked after me but I was so out of my depth and I just didn't when things went wrong which they do like as yeah. anything happens like I just didn't know what to do and I would just freeze. Whereas now I've got myself into a position where I don't really panic. That's um, good. That's key. That's yeah. Because key. otherwise, you know, like there are times when like you drop the cake and suddenly you have got the cake that's meant to be feeding like 18 people in 10 minutes 
and it's all over the floor and you're like oh. i don't know what to do and you just have to get you have to go and you have to make something on the spot there oh and there yeah it's it's you know so you've got one shot so yeah that, that is so stressful <laughs> and what is your best moment that's happened oh i think to be honest with you it's it's been working being able to like travel and yeah. meet really lovely people and as I say like there's nothing better than the kind of like joy that food can bring people yeah. and also just like educating people slightly mm. like I really try and push my clients to not just as I say have the beef wellington and the lemon possets mm. and try new things like I really want them to like have the salads that like you know the these amazing like middle eastern spices that yeah. are kind of like on the scene but unless you're on the food scene you don't really know about them and like yeah. explore that and when you introduce a client to an ingredient or a recipe and they're like oh my gosh i need this and suddenly mm. it becomes a staple of their diet i think that's a really rewarding part of it no definitely no for sure so you do your catering and then monday to friday am i right for saying you cook at a school yes yeah so it's a very like niche it's quite hard to explain so it's a sort of 10 student school okay where they're mainly teenagers and a lot of them are there for reasons that they're just not really normal mainstream education at this time isn't really working for them so they might be for example autistic or they might be having some sort of addiction issues it's a really like varied bunch of kids um and it changes I've been there now for three years um and it's great to be totally honest with you being self-employed as a chef is pretty terrifying financially at times definitely and it the whole way through lockdown I managed to work um because obviously they had children that still needed to be coming in for school yeah um so I feel so lucky to have got that you know have that job and to be able to have the structure of a bit of sort of like a salary essentially yeah because definitely self-employed is well during coronavirus is it's terrifying yeah, it's, it's terrifying. So terrifying so um and yeah so I work with these kids and as I say some of them quite often or not there's a few autistic children um which comes with its own challenges in terms of food um mm. but I've been it, that's been so rewarding I've had one kid there from when I first started three years ago who I couldn't barely even get to eat um anything bar like pizza or chips and now she's eating lentil dolls and cauliflower and yeah my god you would have literally changed her life (laughs) it's a slow process it's been a lot of like pushing and but also pulling back and not trying to make them eat anything because you know as I said autism comes with its own difficulties around food um but yeah it's been great and you know now I've got them all eating vegetables and yeah that's been really rewarding that's so cool how did you get into that well so that was a complete that was complete fluke a friend of mine who works there in the office department actually sent me a message and said you want to come do it and I went and did a trial and I've been there ever since wow and I have free reign on menu which is great because I remember when I first um got asked about doing the job that was my fear was that oh gosh am I gonna have to cook shepherd's pie which I do cook like you know there is nothing better than a proper shepherd's pie once in a while yeah but um that was my fear was that it was all going to be school foodie and actually the guys who own it have been so good about just being like we want you to push these kids to eat well so yeah we try and get them to eat anything and they can't really that is amazing so what kind of food have you so for example this week coming yeah do you plan it week in advance like yeah week in advance um so I do breakfast and I do lunch I used to do a sort of bake 
exact thing every day wow. and then we basically made a decision that it wasn't really healthy and that was a big thing mm-hmm. when I was at school was that that kind of thing that you had cake at the at four o'clock every what day is that? Yeah. yeah and now I crave sweet every time I eat and like yeah. yeah I'll have a bowl of yogurt with a bit of honey instead of having a chocolate piece of chocolate cake but like yeah. I that sort of sweet after savory is such a like it's so in my mind now it's so like yeah. I can't get away from it and I don't really want to be part of doing that to the next generation so true. Um, so we do have a we do something like a pudding on a Friday yeah okay so like a uh, treat a treat on a Friday and it might be like a pavlova or you know a bread and chocolate bread and butter pudding or um something chocolatey quite often it's chocolatey yeah. they always want all a treacle tart it's something yeah. but in the weeks it is um yeah it's mainly so breakfast will be anything from porridge to scrambled eggs on toast to birch and muesli the kids love the birch and muesli which Amazing. is yeah that's so good grated apple and I soak the oats in apple juice overnight with cinnamon and then stir in yogurt with grated apples, lots of seeds and sultanas, lots of Manny Life peanut butter on top. Um, Amazing. And then lunch, it really varies. So we do, I do anything from like, last week I did lamb koftas with a massive sort of fatou salad, tabbouleh, lots of homemade hummus, flatbreads. um, And we do meat-free Monday every week. Wow, Um, that's really good. Yeah, which is great. Um, And that will quite often be something maybe with aubergine. I do a lot of chickpeas so they get protein and baking them so that they're not always the sort of, you know, a different, slightly different texture, um, like dolls. And what I always do is there's always meat on the other like or meat and fish on the other days but it's never sort of if there is meat and fish there's always a sort of vegetarian option or quite often or not it will be simply like a kofta or like a chicken leg cooked in something with various salads okay I think one of the ways to really try and like reduce your meat intake meat intake is about crowding out so essentially adding more vegetables to your plate to the point where you're like comfortable eating an entire plate of just like mm-hmm. vegetables and salads and vegetarian food but you've yeah. got to start somewhere um, yeah definitely yeah god I want to go to the school this sounds <laughs> really delicious this is amazing so um talking of schools I actually read an article recently about one school um actually banning meat in the uh, canteen and for the pat lunches the parents have to provide the children with something other than a meat sandwich or something completely plant-based and the canteen is not allowed to serve anything um with meat in it so this is quite extreme mm-hmm. um what's your view on that having worked in a school like or working in a school what's your view on that I think I think it's really difficult because children are fussy yeah and I think if they're not brought up on a vegetarian diet on home and it's a very meat heavy diet I think it can be quite extreme to go straight to one to the other yeah um I think it really starts in childhood like Mm -hmm. getting people to eat more vegetables um you know if your parents let you live off burgers and fish fingers and chicken nuggets it's going to be really hard for you to make a switch even when you're an adult yeah um so I definitely agree that we need to be making kids eat more vegetables and really kind of like showing them that you can do it without it being the old like classic thing it's just boring a side of greens but I think probably it's a little bit extreme yeah Yeah. I agree I mean I think one of the things that the news was saying about it is like are they then gonna think that eating meat at home is then wrong because they're taught at school not to I think it's hard when you're young to make that differentiation I think it's good to encourage them to eat plant-based and educate them about cutting back on a bit of meat yeah. and the impact meat has on the environment and your health and balance and moderation I think that's really key totally but I think going 
the other extreme, mm-hmm. you may force children to then hate plant-based because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, school's not letting us have meat. Like, that's so unfair. Yeah. Meat is everything. I think it's really hard to get that balance. I think meat-free Monday is amazing. Mm-hmm. Even trying to do two week- days a week where it's meat-free in some schools would be great. But I think making them cut it all back, I think you're going to let the kids hate it. Totally not present it. Yeah, I mean, I... For example, I eat vegetarian when I'm on my own at home. Always, I'll always, it's a lot of eggs. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, you know, buying meat quite often or not, if I'm cooking for myself as well, you always end up having two portions when you buy it, yeah. which, you know, then it goes to waste mm. or it ends up sitting in the bottom of your freezer. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, like uh, having a piece of meat, I'm terribly anemic as well. So okay. there is no doubt that having a bit of meat here and there really, really changes my week. Yeah. Um, so I think we need to also understand that some children like sometimes being on a totally plant-based diet or vegetarian diet might not be the best thing for them Definitely. and when you're learning like you forget at school how much like you're exhausted you are you're using your brain so much yeah that I think to sort of take away any form of like you know animal protein um when they've grown up on it and then trying to make them learn like it could be detrimental essentially to how much they're absorbing yeah exactly and I think that one of my issues with the plant-based um like trend at the moment is people think you've got to make a decision whether you're going to be vegan or plant-based or not yeah and I'm like there's no switch like I was speaking to someone recently and they were like oh I just haven't brought myself to make the switch yet and I'm like don't make the switch Mm. if you don't want to like cutting back doesn't mean you have to suddenly become plant-based or not there's no black and white so with these children they're going to be like oh I hate lunch at school because it's just plant-based like I think it's good to have a bit of both like totally. if you need your meat on a weekend if you like a steak in a restaurant have that steak yeah just but eat Monday, good steak though yeah <laughs> eat the good stuff yeah but like if you're you know at home and you're cooking for yourself mm-hmm. just add in some alternatives add it cut back where you can and especially if it's good alternatives why not try it there are studies that have proven it's good for you so if you're trying to be healthy trying to be good trying to do your bit for the environment just cut back a little bit you don't have to be black and white definitely it's that good old mediterranean flexitarian diet yeah. you know where we yeah there's lots of vegetables involved just like there's a bit of meat and there's a bit of fish mm-hmm. i mean fish is such a tricky one because yeah sea spiracy for me <gasps> like really rocked the boat like mm. i have to be honest cowspiracy cowspiracy was it didn't it didn't hit me quite in the same way no, maybe yeah. i'm heartless but i don't know i'd never really thought as fish as as like living beings because they live in the water i just was so naive i just thought fish is fish they have a happy life in the sea oh i just i was completely honestly sea spirit was the one that switched me to be yeah because really i haven't eaten fish since watching that yeah i loved fish Mm. loved sushi but i cannot now i don't put anyone off when i say this but i just cannot look at fish in supermarket and think I just don't know where that's come from or how yeah. that's happened. And it's when they sort of injected the fish with the colouring. Colouring. And the plastic. And yeah, I mean, I find it really difficult because I know that it's a way that people... Re- it's it's the big, easiest way to cut down your meat consumption. I mean, people like my dad, like, who, if they had their choice, he would have bacon for breakfast. <laughs> he would have a steak for lunch and a burger for supper. Yeah. But, you know, he's in his 60s and he's conscious about his health, so they don't do that. But fish has been the way that he's cut back from meat. And, yeah. you know it's so tricky like fish mm. is it, and that's well that's the issue as well that yeah. once we start casting back on meat we start relying more on fish and yeah that's where all these issues come from but yeah fish is hard it's hard i think again it goes back to education like yeah. if you love your fish and you don't want to give it up don't feel like you have to just know where it's coming from yeah like i'm and taking responsibility and just being like okay mm. i am gonna have 
I do really, I am going to have salmon tonight and like, but this just being aware and not having it three times a week, which yeah. I think like five years ago, that's what was happening. Like people yeah. were having salmon like five to four, you know, five times a week sometimes, you know, Definitely. in their lunch boxes. And yeah. you know, now like it's just something I don't eat as much. No, but mm. if you are going to have it, cut back on how much you do have it and then yeah. go all out and buy the right one. Like totally. go and spend that extra two pounds on your, on the salmon to make yeah. sure it's ethically sourced if you are going to go down that route because yeah it is so scary and the pressure on the industry and I was so naive to it like I just couldn't believe it and now I just if I'm on if you're on holiday and it's freshly caught maybe that's a different different story Mm. but at the moment in supermarkets I don't know where that fish came from or how it got to where it is now and that's a bit that kind of puts me off I mean this summer I was up in Scotland and we went and caught mackerel and ate it obviously like took it back Mm -hmm. um got you know um filleted it and had it then and that that's you know that was amazing and really delicious way yeah. to do it but we can't all be doing that you know no and this is the thing like back in the day everyone all, everyone's argument is like oh, yes we've grown up eating meat and fish it's mm. like yes but when we were like back in the day we were having we were on farms we were killing yeah. our own animals we were next to some a sea, some, the sea like um, catching our fish it was all done naturally and yeah. now populations increased the pressures have increased and it's not natural and ethical anymore yeah but yeah it doesn't mean you can't have it just know I guess where it's coming yeah from. just like educate yourself and mm-hmm. you know also there are fish out there that like you know for example mussels which I know are a bit of a faff and they're a bit more restrictive to cook but like they are there's an abundance of mussels and we should eat those yeah and you know actually it's a good thing for the oceans for us to eat them because mm-hmm. they're just like more and more just grow all the time yeah um you know things like if you really like salmon at home now my stepmom's made the switch that she only uses trout okay um you know trout is much less has much less impact on the environment than yeah. salmon and it's very similar and half yeah. the time you wouldn't have any faintest idea there was any difference no. so just educate yourself um and you know there are fish out there that you know cook the right way and just if once you learn how to do it it's just as good as yeah know, exactly and even when you go on holiday people do say oh yes but you know i'm by the sea well not all the fish that's on the menu has been co- uh, caught in that sea so oh, yeah. again just do your research ask mm-hmm. the waiter what is your fresh fish because i spend a lot of time in mallorca and um everyone was like oh have the sea bass it's fresh well, actually, the small single sea bass for one is uh, farmed to be a certain size. Wow. Whereas if, obviously, if you've got a sharing sea bass, like one of the big ones you can yeah. get, that'll be freshly caught. That's, you know, it's a big sea bass. We're not going to farm that. But the small single sea basses, that has been farmed to be a certain size and restaurants want it wow. a certain size on the plate. So interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so just do your research. Ask people. Don't be afraid to... Don't think of being fussy when you're asking about sustainability. I think that's... Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. Just read. Mm-hmm. It's like anything. Just you... As I say, like our schools have really missed out with our generation and not really giving us education on certain things and like, but we can't educate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So on the um, topic of education, mm-hmm. I know you do a lot of cooking classes. Mm-hmm. So what, um, what, how does that work? Where do you do it? And also what is the one thing that you find people aren't aware of that you end up teaching people when you do your classes? Yeah. So I've done cooking classes with like real mix. And at the moment I'm mainly doing it with children, well, teenagers, um, mm-hmm. Uh, at the school and I think a lot of the time like it's a fear of the unknown um, mm-hmm. and people are just like they say that every person has seven recipes in their repertoire at one time and they'll just mm-hmm. like essentially like go between them I actually think it's about three yeah like, so true yeah. I quite often and I'm a chef and quite often or not, I eat the same thing for supper four times a week mm-hmm. um, and you know we're pretty scared of being adventurous and a lot of people are just really fussy yeah. um, 
So it is showing people that ingredients aren't scary to use, mm-hmm. just how to use them properly. I think that's the other thing is like, we really, a lot of the time when people cook, like they follow recipes and they don't, they don't know what they're doing most yeah. of the time. Um, and so they're not using the product properly or to the best of its like ability. Yeah. Um, so just really teaching people simple ways. Um, you know, for example, I was teaching, which is so, it's so minor, but you know, like why the other day I was teaching one of the kids about cooking pasta and putting salt in the water. And she was like, I don't understand why anyone would ever put salt in the water. I was like, well, because you would never put salt in pasta dough because it changes the texture of it. Mm. So just giving people like those small understanding. And once people understand it better, they're more, more, more likely to be less scared of doing it themselves. Definitely. Um, so yeah, the cooking classes are great fun. It's, um, it's been, it's been really lovely over the years to be able to go and teach people like really exciting new recipes especially slightly older like men and women um and yeah just getting people to like understand why we have all these like steps that we don't really understand Mm. when we're cooking like why we do this and why it's become something that we've always done and Mm. why we brown mints or why we um salt aubergines and you know just giving people the understanding of these things that have become sort of second nature but we don't know why yeah that goes back to school as well like why has no one taught us this Mm -hmm. i mean if you haven't come from a background of food if your parents don't enjoy cooking and you don't and they don't cook much then how are you expected to know all these things without being taught it it's so crucial Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but no that is really really interesting um and with plant-based obviously have you noticed a trend in the catering side of things have you got more requests for plant-based foods like and with cooking as well are you teaching people more about the plant-based is that kind of come into things more recently yeah I mean I think there's always going to be some vegetarians there's always going to be some vegans there's always going to be gluten dairy nut free Mm -hmm. whatever it is but what's what's interesting and great now is that it's not when you when you put on quite often I do a lot of buff buffets um mm-hmm. where you know you put on lots of salads and I think back in the day it would be you know you'd probably have a sort of a rice salad or something with mm. a meaty sort of say a coronation chicken yeah and maybe a green salad whereas now you don't just have a green salad you have probably three or four yeah. veggie options be it like a delicious tomato you know with sumac and lots mm-hmm. of pine nuts and then you might have an aubergine and tahini and honey based one and otolenghi really changed the world in terms mm-hmm. of people's like realizing how exciting vegetables can be and yeah. I think what's yeah that's what I think I've really noticed is with plant bases it's not I mean a lot of my clients I work with like it's very rare I actually only ever done one fully vegetarian job to be honest okay wow um and I know it's something that you and I were discussing which is that like your company is sort of you don't want it to just be for plant-based people you Mm. want it to be for people that just want to make their diet more like have less meat and you know introduce them to good options that Mm. aren't really overly processed and just delicious definitely and I think that's what I've noticed is on these jobs and that people are like slowly and I don't know if they'll ever be fully plant-based and I don't know if I think they should no exactly and so but what I do think is that people over time are kind of trying to make vegetables a bigger part of their plate. Definitely. And I think that um, it's really important to get people out of their comfort zone. Yeah. I think going back to like variety that we were speaking about earlier, I, I subscribe to Oddbox and I know I'm promoting another business here, mm. but um, 
they're so great at getting you out of your comfort zone and cooking yeah. different food, uh, different fruit and vegetables because you don't know what's going to arrive at your door. And then suddenly you, you've got leeks and you've got beetroot and yeah. you're going to have to find ways to cook with that. And it's kind of similar with Greedy Vegan. Like you can pick your favorite proteins and cheese and then every week or every other week or once a month, whenever you want to get it, you get your box of proteins and you're then kind of forced to cook with these different things that you may not be used to. You might be cooking with tempeh. You'll have a card that explains what tempeh is. You might be cooking with tofu and you're like, I would never do this normally, but it's so good for variety. Again, it goes back to moderation. Um, so yeah, no, I think it is really, it's good to try different different things. Yeah, and just watching it happen and like trying not to force it upon people. I think that's mm. it as well as like, especially the older generation they feel a real kind of like stubbornness around Mm. the fact like well this is what our ancestors thrived on and like this is what you know my grandparents lived till they were 100 off meat three times a day and you know I think it's like it's a bit like the environment isn't it like you have to let people kind of you can provide them the information but as soon as you start pushing it on them definitely people just like particularly I think I think us like Brits are particularly bad at this yeah. we really don't like being told what to do no like, I agree I think that was really like noticeable during COVID it's just like how with lockdown we were just like <laughs> yeah no, no. Um, yeah so and true so I think you just have to be like mindful of like not forcing things on people because yeah. they're just not going to do it and let people like become educated make just such small small choices on their own mm-hmm. and eventually they will start to catch up but just Mm. yeah it's just no I think it's so true and I think just because you're eating vegan food or plant-based food doesn't suddenly mean you're vegan or plant-based and I think people need to appreciate that like it's not it's not black and white situation you can do both and that's fine doesn't mean you're suddenly going to be one of those earthy vegans like it's not a thing anymore like you can definitely do both um so I literally feel like I could talk to you forever I feel like we have so many um similar yeah so many things to talk about but my last question for you is it might be a difficult one mm-hmm. is if you had to have a last meal <gasps> it can be something that you've cooked it can be a restaurant it can be anything start at main course dessert what would it be oh my gosh do you know what I, this is my favorite date question I love this question. I think I can judge someone so much on oh my god 100 percent. yeah <laughs> um and I also it's such a hard one this changes all the time I think today Mm -hmm. it would probably be and I'm gonna sound really bougie and I don't mean to be no but your last Um, meal you can be I would probably start with truffle pasta Mm. um, for my starter because also it just evokes like so many memories for me it's like my mum and I once went to Italy and did a cooking course and learned how to make it and mm, yeah there's oh, just wow. a lot of memories around it and it's so delicious or do you make that yourself or is there no. a certain place that you mm, get the best from? I think there is a place again I'm gonna sound really bougie and I'm gonna really make up for myself when I tell you my main so don't <laughs> worry um I would go to a place called Zafferano's um mm, which is ludicrously expensive really? but it is the best the best truffle pasta I've ever had okay um my main course would be a roast chicken with all the trimmings good one I know and I everyone expects me to be sort of like you know, I do, I do sometimes say a falafel wrap to start with. Oh um, yeah. There's oh a God. store and I never can remember what it calls, but it goes to quite a lot of the markets in Southwest, the food markets in Southwest London, including the Duke of York Square one, okay. which does the best falafel wraps <gasps> you will ever had. And you have to get the aubergine in it. Oh wow. Okay, um, but I'm going off course. Um, <laughs> roast chicken, probably my stepmom. Sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> but my stepmom's roast chicken, lots of bread sauce, crispy potatoes. Mm-hmm. I don't need sausage on there. I don't need bacon. I need no. bread sauce. I need roast potatoes. Yep. I need gravy. I don't even really need the chicken. Yeah. It's actually just the bread sauce. 
and the potatoes. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. cooked in ghost fat. No. Olive oil or rapeseed oil. Rosemary, maybe. Uh, oh, so yeah. much rosemary. Lots of vegetables. Yeah. Yeah, I actually think I'm going to have a ro- chickenless roast chicken. That's amazing. Roast. Wow. Um, yeah, my menu's turning out to be very vegetarian. Yeah. Um, and my main course... Oh, my pudding's all right. So difficult. Um, today... It would be chocolate mousse with sour cream, mm. which I make myself. I am gonna yeah, push myself. Yeah, gotta have there. something on there. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be my chocolate mousse with sour cream, crushed up crunchies, um, sort of scattered wow. on the tops, and macerated strawberries, which is literally just chopped up strawberries, kind of left in lemon juice and a bit of sugar. That um, sounds insane. Today's God, actually making me kind of hungry <laughs> hearing that. I know. I'm like, do I go home and just make myself? some roast potatoes some bread sauce also <laughs> bread sauce always has to be the Coleman's packet really mm-hmm. okay yeah so you went from bougie to very yeah, very yeah. good old fox standard <laughs> yeah. roast yeah well thank you so much for no coming worries. on it's been so interesting to hear your personal food journey your view on plant-based your life revolves around food so mm-hmm. it's been so good to have you on here and hearing all your thoughts um it's been great so thank you so much for coming on no worries I've loved being on <laughs> thank you so much Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. I really hope you found George's passion for food as infectious as I did and took something away from this episode as I really found this so interesting on so many levels. This podcast is partnered with Greedy Vegan. So if you do want to find out some more information about Greedy Vegan, please go ahead and check us out on Instagram at GreedyVeganLTD or check out our website at www.greedyvegan.uk. See you again next week. Thank you.